The Lord our God will be with us wherever we go. So this is 2015. 2015. This is the year Marty McFly went into the future. You got to go Google that for some of you who have no idea what I'm talking about. This is the year that we are looking forward to because it's a year of renewal. That's the word that God gave to us as a church, that he's going to renew us in heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's going to do great things. And so whatever took place in 2014, look forward to 2015 because God's going to do great things. Today, as we kick off this new series, As For Me and My House, it's really a declaration that we're making because in the world, it's going to do whatever it chooses to do. The world will make decision after decision that leads us only wanting more. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Sometimes we'll try to make a change and then there's other people around us that would say, ah, that's just, he's just going through a, through a phase. Oh, that's just religion. That's just this or that. And, but you say, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah, but, you know, you, you still do this, you still do that. I understand. I'm a work in progress. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a declaration. It is a statement. It is a foundation that we're building off of. No matter what happens in the world, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter what happens in our home, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if we keep going back to that as our foundation, then God will continuously build upon his, the foundation that is already laid. And then we, we can come to this point that we now can look at what matters most. For some of us, we already put together our New Year's resolution list and then broke it. So today is not about a New Year's resolution. Today is about a lifestyle that what matters most. Because if we're not careful and we, we, we chase after things thinking it's going to fulfill all of our heart's desires, if we're not careful, then we find ourselves in a place that sacrifice the things that should matter or the people that should matter most. But God wants us to come back to what matters most. A CEO of a, it was a trillion dollar uh, investment fund the CEO was one day with his daughter at home and was asking her to brush her teeth. And over and over, he was saying, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. She wasn't listening. And finally, he got upset. He came to her. He said, why don't you listen when I talk to you? I asked you to brush your teeth a thousand times. And she gave him a list, a 22-point list of all of the events that he missed. And he looked at that list and it was from soccer games to her Halloween parade. And when he looked at that list and the dates, it was all the dates that he was working or something came up or an emergency or, or someone needed him or he was on the phone. It was, he, he always had something to do. But to his little girl's life, those were valuable moments. Someone once said it this way, you're going to have tire moments and you're going to have crystal moments. Tire moments, you can bounce back. Tire moments is, okay, I made a mistake, I can bounce back. Crystal moments cannot bounce back. It just breaks. And if we look at what matters most, there are certain things in our life, people in our life, times in our life where it's, it's crystal moments. The things our children go through as they grow up. 
Maybe it's an important thing for your child or something important for your spouse, and it's a crystal moment, but you just brush it off, and then it breaks. Today, as we talk about what matters most, I want us to come back to serving the Lord. Now, it's not about church. It's not about ministry. It's really about our God. And if we're saying, Lord, I want to serve you in every capacity, in every area of my life, I want to serve you, then let's start off with him. That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In fact, that scripture comes out of the book of Joshua. Joshua wanted to make that same declaration, just like that trillionaire, uh, the CEO of that company, making a decision to say, here's, here's the direction of my life. Here's the direction of the nation of Israel. That's what Joshua was saying. He wanted the people of Israel to know we are making some changes here. And so he says, and it's in your notes, you can take that out in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 13 through 15. Joshua speaks this to the nation that is becoming the nation of Israel. He says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods with your forefathers, which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell." Let's read this part together. Ready? Go. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, Joshua was making a a declaration. He was saying, yeah, I understand where we've come from. I understand slavery in Egypt. I understand that we have, you've served other gods of other nations. Yeah, we have all that. We've been through that. That's 2014. This is a brand new year. You're going to have to make a decision. Choose for yourselves what you're going to do. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua was saying to the people. He was saying, you're going to have difficulties. You're going to have to make decisions. You're going to have to make the tough choice of, should I do this? Should I do that? This was my old life, but this is my new life. What am I going to do? Joshua said, yeah, you're going to have that. You're going to have to make tough decisions. So go back to, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah, but I don't know what to do at this point. Yes, you do. You said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When you have that as a priority, you can build off of that. In fact, you can write this in your first point. Number one, renew my priorities. Renew my priorities. Joshua was giving them vision for who they were becoming. He was reassessing rearranging, renewing their priorities, and coming back to what mattered most. For us as a church, you know, in the history of our church, uh, since the beginning of it, this church has gone through a lot because we are a church that is filled with people. We all go through ups and downs, and we go through whatever we go through. But I wanted to give us four what I call circles of new hope, and what I wanted to do was give you vision for where we are as a church and then where we're heading, because this may help you with how you put together your priorities or how you renew your priorities. And when I looked at us as a church, it came down to these four basic elements in what we do as a church. And the first, the first one is services. We have our Sunday and Wednesday services. A lot of what we do is geared towards our services. 
The second is small groups. We have many small groups, whether it would be a ministry or people have devotions or meet in homes. Uh, people serve. This church operates out of you serving the Lord. That's a part of how God created us to function as the body of Christ so that more people can know him. And then stewardship. God has given us a life to steward. He wants us to take good care of the life that he has blessed us with. It is a gift. He thought us up. He has an eternal value placed on our life. So these are the four circles of our church, our services, our small groups, serving, and stewardship. Our services, Sundays and Wednesdays, our small groups. And if you look at small groups, we have ministries. Uh, Saturday mornings, I have a small group or a, a group of guys that come together. It's our men's ministry. It's at 7 o'clock uh, in the morning, and uh, Saturday morning, and we have breakfast together. We, we talk uh, amongst each other. Sometimes Pastor Ward will give us a question that we discuss. We pray. Uh, we pray for one another. We share things that stays there. We don't share it with anybody else, so it's in confidentiality. But it's just a good time for men to come together. They have their women's uh, small group that meet on Saturday mornings also. I believe they meet at 6 in the morning on Saturday. So... I guess, guys, we get up late, but the women, they meet early. Uh, they also have Bible studies. We have devotional groups, home groups, and activity groups. My activity group is basketball. I love that activity group. Uh, serving, we serve in the church, or we have, sometimes we do an outreach type of serving. Uh, under his wings is like an outreach into our community. So we serve, and then stewardship. And the word we want to use is invest. We invest in our spirit, in our family, with our health, with our mind, our finances, and with our time. These are four areas that helps us as a church to stick to our priorities and our mission and our assignment in the direction that we're heading into. That these four areas make up our church. This is who we are. And it gives us a crystal clear vision of where we're heading. And that's what needs to happen in our lives. That's what needs to happen personally when we renew our priorities. Did you know that most likely, for all of us, we've been going after priorities wrong. We may have been doing this thing wrong. We'll say, here's my priorities, A, B, C, D, but when we live it out, it shows different. We can list it on paper, but if there's no action plan to go with it, then it will, will, will live a default life. In other words, we can say this is our priorities, but if we don't have some type of action plan then life will take over. And then we won't be able to make the tough decisions when it comes to the priorities that we really want to live by. So it's more than just putting a list together. The definition of priority is a thing that is regarded as more important than another. See, we, this happens all the time. We could say to our spouse, I can say this to Heidi, hey, date night, Friday night. Yes, date night, Friday night. But if I don't see it as a priority... My friends will call me, hey, Sheldon, let's go play basketball. When? It's Friday night. Friday night. Shoot. Okay, let's go. What time? Ah, 5.30. Okay. And then come Friday, Heidi's getting ready for our date night. I'm getting ready for basketball. And she'll look at me like, are you going dressed like that? I said, yeah. That's how, we, that's how we dress. Where are you going? Basketball. Where are you going? Our date night. Fight right there. So I, I need to put that as a priority and live it out. 
Not just say, Heidi, you're valuable, you're important, but actually show her that she's a priority. So by definition, renewing our priorities would sound like this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That word to serve really means to work. As the Bible tells us, work as if working for the Lord. Whatever you put your hands to, work as if working for the Lord rather than for man. Work as if working for the Lord. I mean, isn't, isn't working for the Lord or serving the Lord more important than anything else in the world? It is. It's more important than anything you and I could ever think of. The book of Matthew helps us in this way. It says, one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him, talking about Jesus, with this question. He said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So this expert in religious law said, what's the priority? What is most important? What, what do I look, what, what, what should my life look like? And Jesus narrowed it down. We can say it like this. To reassess our priority or to renew our priority is to begin to love dearly working for the Lord. That you love doing things for God. Whether it's being a husband, whether it's serving in the church, whether it's what you do in the marketplace, whether it is how you drive, how you speak to someone, that I am serving you, Lord, with this life. Remember when we gave our life to Jesus? It's now his life. So I want to live my life according to your way, not my way. Therefore, I, re- I need to renew my priorities. I wanted to give you uh, an example of how you can do this because it may help. And I wanted to give you my priorities uh, just in case some of you are thinking, well, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, this may not be your priorities, but these are mine. And you can kind of figure out what yours look like, what yours would look like. So my priorities first is God. And I don't mean that in a religious way or just as a, a throw out, like, well, it better be God. You're the pastor, so it should be God. This is actually my priority, that God is my priority. So in everything I do, I always have to think, God, what are, what are you doing? God, would you want me to do this? God, is this something that would honor you? God, the words that I'm speaking, is this glorifying to you? God, so it's, it's, it's always there. That's my first priority. And then, of course, Heidi is after God, but you're there. And I know she's thankful for that. No, any woman, any wife, any husband would want God to be ahead of them. Because if God is first in your life, then you will take care of everyone else as if God was first in their life. As if they're a treasure from God, that you would value them because you're putting God first. And then my two children, Justin and Jordan. Well, Justin is 20. He's going to be 27 this year. Jordan is 20, right? Yeah, he's 20. So they're young adults already. You lose track after 18. It's like after 18, see ya. 
but they're still my children, so they still are a priority. But it's different than when they were children. You know, when they were young, you, you really take time out for them and you, you make sure that they're a priority. You drop everything for them. This, I don't drop everything for them. I drop some things for them. Or sometimes I tell them, you come with me so I don't have to drop anything, like basketball. So we spend time together doing that. And then my, I put job in parentheses because this is what I do. I love what I do. And it's ministry at the same time. For you, it might be your job first because ministry comes after that in the sense of serving the church or serving at a community place or something in the community. But this is my priorities. And it, it always shifts in this way. Sometimes we say, God first, God first, God first. I got to spend so much time with God, 10 hours with God, eight hours with Heidi, two hours with my children, one hour for this. It, it's not in that kind of way because they all interweave. When I'm loving Heidi like how Christ loved the church that he gave himself up for it, I'm putting God first. When I'm loving my children and not provoking them to anger, I'm doing that because I'm putting God first. I'm saying, God, you're first in my life as a father, so I got to treat them as if you're working in and through me. So it, it always fluctuates. It always moves around. It's not, it's not so uh, set in stone where it has to be A, B, C, D. The Word of God is living and active. So when the Word of God is in us, it's living and active. Otherwise, you get caught up in a religion and you get caught up with the, uh, when you're, you become legalistic, the do's and don'ts. In this instance, you're living God first. I hope that makes sense to you. It, it's just a way for me to learn how I can put God first in everything that I do. And the Bible tells us everything you do, do as if working for the Lord. Genesis 2.24, I wanted to share with you out of my devotions that I got the other week. And the reason why I'm sharing this, this is another way where I'm putting God first. I'll spend time with him in, my, in the word of God. And in Genesis 2.24, we actually put it in our notes because this helps us to renew our priorities. The Bible says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So that, so that was my scripture that I read. My observation was, when you created man and woman, you used what was already in a man to make a woman, his rib. So marriage is not a decision we make only to spend the rest of our lives with someone. It's the reason we are joined together to be united as one. So my application is, my marriage should reflect unity more than anything else. People should see that Heidi and I are one in love one in purpose, one in direction, one in values, one in support, and one in you. So this is another way of how in putting God first, it helps me in my priorities with Heidi because he's speaking to me as a husband that this is why I leave my father and mother. Now I'm married to Heidi. And sometimes even in a marriage, when you get married, you don't leave your father and your mother. In fact, you cleave more to them than your spouse. You run to them more than your spouse. You rely on them more than your spouse. And you can't become a family because you have not left your father and mother. And what the Bible is not saying is no longer respect your parents. It's saying for this reason, so that you can become one, you leave your father and your mother. Otherwise, you cannot become one. This becomes your family. This, is, this will always be your family, your mother and your father and your siblings. That will always be family. You don't have to work too hard at that being your family. But now that you're married, 
you got to work extra hard because you're starting off a new family. It'll be more difficult if you don't leave your father and mother in that kind of way. The second thing that can help us in uh, making these, uh, making our priorities different and, and renewing us in this new year as well as what matters most is to make tough decisions. Now, this is a long one, but make tough decisions today to minimize tragic consequences tomorrow. That you make the difficult decisions, tough decisions, whatever you need to decide today so that you can avoid tragic consequences tomorrow. I, I am so thankful that I think I was age 14, that around age 14, uh, I went through a season of my life where I got in trouble with the law. I was put in jail. And when I was sitting in that jail cell, I remember saying to myself, I don't want to be here. No more TV. Can I watch cartoons? So I am not wanting to stay here. And I didn't like it. So I had to make a decision and say, I'm, I'm not going to do these things again. When I got out, whenever my friend said, hey, let's do this, let's do that, I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to because I know where I don't want to end up. I had to make the tough decision then so that I didn't receive the tragic consequence today. And that today is tomorrow back then. For some they did not make that decision back then. They didn't make the tough decision of saying, no, don't want to, don't want to be a part of it. No, I have better things to do. No, that's not my priority. And so now they're in a place today that they're receiving tragic consequences. They're living a life of consequences because of something that was done yesterday that they didn't make the tough decision for to have a better tomorrow. If that's you and, or you know someone and you said, oh, man, I blew it. I'm, I'm living out the tragic consequences. Okay, that's last year. It's a new year. Renew your priorities. Make tough decisions today to avoid or minimize tragic consequences tomorrow. Proverbs 22, verse 3, it tells us this, and it's in your notes, that the prudent person foresees danger and then takes precautions. But the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. If you want to apply wisdom to your life, when you see danger ahead, make a decision today, the tough decision today, to avoid the tragic consequence tomorrow. It happens at a blink of an eye. It can happen in a marriage. It can happen in a relationship. It can happen at work. It can happen just you by yourself. Those tough decisions that you have to make today will help you with what is happening tomorrow. Last night, Heidi and I, Oh, no, it wasn't last night. It was the night that it was very windy. Remember that night? It was, we, were in, we live in Paradise Park, so the wind is just blowing. And so Heidi says, um, can you go outside and take down these glass jars because um, it might shatter because the wind was blowing? Now, it's 12 o'clock at night. And so I'm thinking, I'm relaxing. I, 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 I'm, I'm content. I'm comfortable. And so I said, what do you mean they're going to shatter? She goes, yeah, if the wind is blowing, it might, it might shatter because, you know, the wind will blow against it. And so I'm thinking, how do, how do, I, how do I speak in such a way that this doesn't turn into a fight? So I said, what will make it shatter? <laughs> this is, this, I'm giving you, this is live and direct right here in my, in my house. I said, what would make it shatter? 
And she goes, the post, the post will make it shatter. In my mind, I'm thinking, it's far from the post. It's not going to hit the post. So I'm thinking all of this stuff. You, guys, right, we go through this stuff in our mind. And we can't, we got to think fast because if not, even the face will throw it off. Then they're going to say, no, I understand. So, I, so I'm thinking this. And then um, so I said, I don't think it's going to shatter. I don't think it's going to blow. I, otherwise, it would have shattered by now. It's been windy all day. And then she goes, oh, okay. You wives are so good at... Oh, okay. I mean, just in the, okay. Or yeah, or the, oh, whatever. I mean, just in that. You know what you're saying? You're saying, look, what I'm saying then doesn't matter to you. You're, 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 I'm second class now. Or what I'm saying really doesn't matter to you. Or what you're saying is, uh, you don't want to do this for me. After all that I've done for you, you don't even want to go outside and take off these drugs. That's what's going on in our heads. Because that's, that's what we hear as men. That's what goes on inside of our hearts and in our minds, okay? We're suffering just by you saying, Okay. We're in torture right there. So, so when she says that, I said, no, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go check it out. So inside, I'm dying. I'm like, I don't want to go outside. It's windy. It's late. And what if it starts raining? And so I go outside, and I'm looking for where the jars are. So I'm outside with my light, you know, on my phone, and I'm looking for these jars, and I find one. And so I find one. I'm looking around. I'm like, what is this, scavenger hunt? So I, I'm looking around. So Heidi's in the house. I go, Heidi, where's the other jars? She goes, it's by the gate, which she did tell me, and I never listened. Because I was all mad. So I went outside and I, I checked by the gates. And then there was another jar. And then another jar. I said, how many jars get? She goes, there's only four. She was, you are so gracious to me, Heidi. I, I, I appreciate that. So she came by the door and she goes, oh, there's one more right there. And so I, I got the final jar and I, I got it together, put it in the, in the shed. And this is what was going on in my mind. Because I was kind of like all mad already. So I was thinking, I was going to throw them down. But if I threw it down, I'm going to crack, defeat the whole purpose. So I put it down nice, and I said, no, I got to love Heidi as if God is working in and through me. So I'll put it down nicely, and so I'll, I'll go into the house. And then I was thinking this, and, and everything went well, good, good night, everything good. Yes, good day. That was going on in my mind, but, now, but that's in the past. That's, <laughs> so when, when all of this was done, I thought, you know, after I sat down, I thought, what if, what if I said to Heidi, I don't want to? And she goes, oh, okay. And then what if the jars did crack? Because God came down and went, just, just for me to learn. Because sometimes God will do that, right, guys? Like we say, oh, I don't like. And then we don't listen to our wives. And then what they said, going to happen. We say, not going to happen. Happen. We can avoid tragic consequences later if we listen to our wives. Right, wives? Yep. <laughs> Amen. Okay, now I have a point for the wives. Right, husband? Crazy. I'm not that gutsy. <laughs> I, I thought about it this way. Choosing to suffer now. Choosing to suffer now gives power for the outcome later. When you choose to die to self, you live later. Okay, I'm not talking physical death like your wife is going to, you know, take you out. It's you die to self. You suffer for what you want, for what God wants, so that you can have power later. That's what happened to Jesus on the cross. He died and he overcame the grave. When we as husbands and wives and as people, as individuals, die to ourselves, we have power later. He gives that to us. 
So here's our last point, and here's where things start moving. Put together an action plan. An action plan? Why would I have to put together an action plan? Well, many of us plan, but no more action. We plan, but we do nothing after that. An action plan says, I'm going to take action with what I plan. It may come as a list. You may list things down. Some of you, you're, you're very creative, so you'll, you'll do it with um, like a computer and you'll put things together. Some of you are so organized, you put it on your wall, uh, you put it in your organizer or in your phone. You'll put together an action plan in such a way that you move into action. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 14, verse 28 through 30, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? You know what the Bible is saying? There, there is a cost to pay when you put together an action plan because it's not going to be simple. When you put together something like this, there's a price to pay. You've got to count the cost. But when you reprioritize, you put together an action plan, it's well worth the cost. You can take out the TV for now. And then it continues. It says, otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. Then they would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. See, the action plan, what it does is it helps you from point A to point B, to point C, that you can carry out this action plan. Part of my putting together an action plan last year was to take better care of my health. And I think I told you this story, but we were at a conference in the mainland, Heidi and I, and they had us put together an action plan. And part of it was taking better care of my health. I've heard that if you take good care of yourself in your 20s for your 30s, your 30s for your 40s, and then your 40s for your 50s, and then your 50s for your 60s and beyond, then it sets you up to be in better health. So part of my action plan was to make an appointment and to take my physical, go to the doctors, and make sure everything was okay, blood pressure and blood tests or whatever else. So I called the doctor from the mainland, and I said, I want to schedule an appointment. And just out of curiosity, I said, um, you know, when was the last time I uh, had a checkup? Because I, I wanted to know. I'm thinking three years, five years max. And she said, um, we can only go as far back as 2004, uh, November 2004. I said, well, that's fine. So, you know, where was I, when was my last checkup? She goes, no, that's what I mean. We can only go back as far as November 2004. I said, so what you're saying is, I never had a checkup ever since November 2004? She goes, no, before November 2004, because all of that has nothing. I mean, I went to the doctors, but I never got checked up. And I thought, those things come up quickly. I mean, if you think about it, for some of you, you have not gone to the doctors for 20 years because you don't want them to tell you something is wrong. That's like driving your car forever. Just driving. Just driving. You hear all kinds of noise. Honey, why don't you take the car for maintenance? No, they're going to tell me something wrong. That's the whole point. No, no, I like no. I don't like no. So what? You just want the car to break down? Yeah, just break down right here and die. That's what we're saying to our health. Just break down right here and die. 
But we want to take better care of ourselves. So the action plan is a way to take better care of, maybe it's your health, maybe it's uh, schooling, maybe it's the way you are as a parent, or you want to do better. Whatever it is for your action plan, put something together and make it simple. Don't put like 40 things because you're going to look at the list tomorrow. You're going to be like, I can't do any of those. Just do like three or four. Just do a couple of them and work on one and put together that action plan so that in this new year, you can be renewed. If you have a difficult kind of reason or you, you have a, a, a difficult way of thinking or a difficulty in putting things together, go back to, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Find that, that reason you need so that you can accomplish everything God wants for you to accomplish in 2015. You're going to have many temptations out there. There's going to have things that come into your life. But if you have your priorities down, then you can find those reasons. And don't wait for something to happen and then say, well, I cannot. Why? Well, I have things to do. No, if you have your priorities, easy to make this decision. It's very easy. Don't put together your priority when something comes up. You have to make that tough decision. Put together that action plan, your priorities, and then from there, easier to make decisions. Easier to say no because you're saying yes to this. We have a, a special song and dance that we wanted to kind of start off this new year with, with our hula sisters. And as they come out and as they sing, it's gonna, there's going to be some words that pop up on the screen that will help us to assess what we've been talking about this morning. Everything that we talk about and everything we have talked about today will help us in this new year. And so when they come and dance and as they sing, in fact, uh, Mark Yamanaka and uh, Bert Naihe and Ed uh, Atkins is going to sing for us this morning and our wonderful hula sisters are going to dance. Let the Lord speak to you so that something can happen in your hearts that will renew you for 2015. Could you welcome them as they come and share with us?
When God gives us a reason to live, it, it's more than just existing in this world. It's living a life that brings you value. And it's a life that God finds worth in you. That no matter what happens in the world, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads for a moment? Lord, when we connect with you and when we reach out to you and 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 you speak to us when you move us, when you correct us, when you renew us. Boy, our, our life takes on a, a, a whole new meaning that we don't just exist in this world anymore. We have value. We have purpose. I pray for all of us, Lord, in this new year of renewal that you would do greater things than we could ever imagine. We pray for our families and our friends that, and our coworkers that have yet to recognize you as Lord and Savior, that they would find you because they too have a life worth living for. You've given us a reason to live, Lord. And it's because of you that we can accomplish great things. Help us to do what matters most and to be the people you made us to be. We thank you for this family. We thank you for your spirit. And we look forward to what you're about to do this year. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen.